New Power Books, new Power Mac G5s, and Steve Jobs is on the cover of Time Magazine. Yeah, and they don't even mention that it's our 50th podcast. What's up with that? Uh. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com podcast. Casting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. Hey Tim, hey Chad, it's Guy. Just wanted to wish you congratulations on your 50th show and hope you have many more. And hopefully you'll let me uh, uh, stick around too. Uh, if you don't, well, then I'll listen anyway, because I like the show. Anyway, uh, once again, congratulations. And thank you very much for that, Guy. Appreciate yeah, thanks that. a lot, Guy. I appreciate uh, it. Uh, nice gesture, and yeah, we'll let you stick around a little longer. Well, I like Dashboard Minute, so as long <laughs> as he keeps doing it. That's absolutely right. Yep. Well, you know, how would, how would we keep him around if he wasn't doing it? He I could mean, do uh, Not Mac News? No, we got Chris for that. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Siebold, um on the last podcast, Podcast 49, <laughs> we were talking about the whole new video cast and stuff like that, and we were like... And, and I said, you know, a couple of listeners actually emailed, said, are you guys going to record yourself video-wise doing the podcast and posting that up online so we can, you know, kind of see you guys recording? And I'm like, well, why would you want to do that? And I kind of made a joke about putting socks on your hands and doing yeah. sock puppets. Well, Chris did it. Yeah, I He, he did the whole <laughs> opening. So um, I'm going to post it within our RSS feed. So anybody subscribed to the podcast will automatically download this QuickTime movie. Mm-hmm. And it'll play right, right in iTunes, and, and uh, it's, don't get me wrong, it's stupid, and Chris will be the first one to say that. But that's, that's, what, that's what made it so funny, because as up. soon as I saw the socks and heard the theme music, I knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wish he would have been, like, had him headbanging when the theme music, and he said he tried, he was trying to do that, but it was like looking into a mirror, because he was looking at the, he recorded the uh-huh. whole thing on his eyesight camera, so I just think it was great, though. I liked the little cigarette for you. That was I know, cool. that was great. Even though I don't smoke when we're actually recording right. the podcast. I have in the past, just not here. Right. Because your wife would kill me <laughs> if the cigarettes didn't do it first. True. We, uh, we've got a contest, two contest winners right. from our last contest, and we've got a new contest today. So ah. do you want to do the contest winners right off the bat? You know, the thing is, I did record them on the telephone like I usually do. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, the sound file was just, it was horrible. Too corrupted or just um, too nasty? No, or? it's, you know, I... I've got a great internet connection at home, but of course that goes through my cable. Mm-hmm. But I think I've got the world's oldest phone lines coming into my house because everything just sounds like crap. Really? And it was just, it was horrible. And and I tried to clean it up within GarageBand and a few other programs. And I, it wasn't the fault of the program itself recording it. It was the fault of my phone lines. It just sounds horrible. So I don't, you know, there's really no solution other than waiting till we come over here and, uh, and you and I call people on the telephone. Yeah. But besides that, there's there's really no, you know, it, it's just one of those things that you just have to put up with. So we're not going to play the, and it, it really bites because I did record them. Really? Uh, you yeah. want to go ahead and give the sure. shortest winners? Uh, and, and this was for the, go ahead. Uh, this is for Drive Genius, wasn't it? Drive Genius, yep, from Pro Software, or ProSoft Engineering. Yep. Yeah. And our two winners were Dave Clark from Vail, Colorado, 
and Dan Brühl from Ottawa, Ontario. I ended up talking to Dan for close to, I think, oh, 20 minutes on the telephone. Yeah. He, he's a really good guy. Um, it was great talking to him. It, it's nice talking to someone who I, I don't know at all. Mm-hmm. And the only way he knows me is, of course, through the podcast right. and possibly through MyMac.com itself. And uh, <clears throat> it was just, it was a real nice conversation. He had some real good insights. And uh, thanks for uh, humoring me and continuing to talk. Un- unfortunately, I couldn't hear him as well as I would like to have. Yeah. And, of course, it wasn't his fault. It was my phone. I was really struggling. Plus, my uh, two-year-old was making a whole lot of, of noise in the other room. Mm. And for some odd reason, the sound of her voice, and she was just playing, la, 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 you know, how the kids do. Right. Was somehow echoing all the way into where I was sitting, and it was like an ampli- ampli- an amplification chamber. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I could hear her so loud. Even through the phone, I could hear her. So I was like, oh, show me crazy. Mm. So, but, uh, yeah, so congratulations, Dave and Dan, the two Ds won this week. Uh, one going out to Vail, Colorado, and one Ottawa, Ontario. So Congratulations, guys. I think you guys really like Drive Genius. It's a fantastic program from everything I've heard. It almost works like magic, partitioning a drive without completely destroying all the data on the drive. That would be nice. That would yeah, it'd, it'd not only be nice, but it would be so useful in a lot yeah. of situations. I used to really partition my drives all the time. I don't do that so much anymore. No? No. I, I, I just don't really see the point. I know some people will say, well, you less wear and tear. It's not accessing the other segments. It's just one drive and um, a lot less possibility of corrupting your large file data mm-hmm. um but I, you know i well I, let me take that back because the internal hard drive in the g5 the one that it shipped with i actually did segment mm. one's just for mp3s and the rest is everything else yeah. uh i do have a question i know you don't know the answer to this and i i feel like i should know the answer myself but if anybody out there knows how to bless an application in Mac OS X, I'd appreciate it if you could either drop us uh, audio feedback or uh, a regular uh, email. And basically what I'm asking for is how do you tell Mac OS to put more processing power towards one application rather than another? Now, I'm not talking about allocating memory because Mac OS X handles that. If an application wants more memory and there's more memory available, Mac OS X will just give it more memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus it's protected memory in Mac OS X, unlike the classic days where if one application froze, pretty much the whole computer yeah. was worthless until the restart. Not so anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there's a way to, to bless a application so the, the processor will give it a lot more attention than it otherwise would. So let's say if you're, you're running an application and it normally takes or asks for 10% of the processing power, which probably is actually pretty high for most programs. Mm-hmm. But what if I say, you know what, I want this to have 30% of the processing power. This gets 30% of all your attention. So really work on this program. Mm-hmm. I know there's a way to do that within Unix, and I know you can do it on a Mac. I just don't know how to do it. Mm. And I, I actually looked online for maybe a half hour last night, and I could not find the answer, and it was driving me crazy because I've heard people doing it, and I just can't remember. I might I might be getting my terminology incorrect which is why I can't find it I'm thinking of blessing it and the only thing I could find and I knew this already was how to bless a system folder so the Mac recognized that yes this is uh, a valid system folder and it could start up from it but that's not what I'm talking about I want to bless a certain application so eh, Mm. who knows Uh, not a whole lot of Mac news going on nope 
Well, no, it's pretty thin out there. Yep. Uh, of course, we did already mention Steve Jobs on the cover of Time Magazine. Uh, we both read article. that article. Yeah. We both are Time Magazine subscribers. Right. And so I, I read that. And did you find anything worthwhile in that article? Anything new? Anything you didn't know? No. Yeah, me neither. No, it was... Um, it's definitely a, a pro-Apple um, article. I mean, it's and it was definitely pro-Steve Jobs, but... You know, it read more like a, a long PR than anything else. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm happy for Apple. If, if you can get Time Magazine to put you on the cover and give you three or four pages of really positive PR for your new products. At but, least once a year, which yeah. is basically what they've been doing or more well, than that. Well, when you look at what's going on in, in not just uh, the computer industry, but the tech industry in general, Apple is so far ahead of the curve. Whatever mm-hmm. Apple does, everybody seems to follow suit. And Apple really is the only company out there truly innovating. I mean, there's there's companies that will release a product that's better than what's already out there as far as, well, it's got you know more RAM, it's got a bigger screen, but not really innovating right. in the way Apple does. And uh, so, you know, if Time Magazine wants to co- cover the whole gadget world, the gadget world starts at Apple. Mm. I don't know where it ends, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some someplace over in... Uh, China. That's. But I mean, there are some other companies with cool ideas. I mean, if you go to some of the other websites for, you know, tech, you can find some pretty cool stuff. But I don't know whether they just can't market or can't present it correctly. Well, it, I, a, a big part of Apple's success, I think, is their number one, their installed base, mm-hmm. that they control the hardware and the software on the computer side, and now with an iPod, you know, they control the hardware, they control the software, they control how you buy your music for that device they control mm-hmm. the entire economy of that device yeah so it's much easier for them to come out with new innovative ways to market that and to make innovations from the product itself mm-hmm. in other words you know for instance the nano takes the place of the the, the mini. ipod mini yeah and it's such a superior product as far as aesthetics i think it's just amazing looking mm-hmm. um how small it is how crisp and clean and, and color that screen is yeah it's just a great product if anybody else would have came out with a like product that looked exactly like the Nano, would it have the buzz that the Nano does? I don't think it would, because it, it doesn't work no. with iTunes. It doesn't have that iPod culture that really Apple created that whole thing. I mean, if you just go back three years, there was no iPod culture. A lot of people were, including me, were thinking that there's just no way that people are going to spend this much money for this little music player and initially of course it only worked on the mac right now i mean you can't i bet there's not a town in america that doesn't have at least one person who owns an ipod you know so yeah uh go ahead and fill the the space because i have to take a sip of well let's uh kick on the news i guess this is from uh macminute.com your Mm up-to-date mac news in a minute Apple announces new PowerBooks. This is October 19th. Apple today announced new PowerBooks with higher resolution displays and up to one hour more battery life than the 15 and 17 inch models. In addition, every new PowerBook now includes DVD burning SuperDrive with prices starting at US $1,500. The new higher resolution PowerBooks provide significantly more screen and real estate and include the 17 inch PowerBook with the 1680 by 1050 pixel resolution, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, um, 26% more than the previous generation, notes Apple. Um, and I'm glad that they upgraded it, but that's really that each one comes now with a super drive. Yeah. And it has more pixels. So that's basically the, uh, the, mm-hmm. it, 
And a lot of people said, well, why would Apple tout this out now? Well, number one, they have to keep their sales going because everybody knows that a year from now, these machines will be antiques because everybody's going to want the Intel Macs, even mm-hmm. though the machine that you buy today is going to be able to last you for years to come. I mean, a lot of people think, wow, don't buy a Mac now. It's it's a it's dead end. It's mm-hmm. no, it's not dead end. It, th- that machine's going to work for years to come. Now, I also read recently that uh, IBM is still going to be making PowerPC chips. Well, sure, because uh, number one, PowerPC the PowerPC chips that I uh, the uh, that IBM produces, they didn't produce them for Apple. Right. This was already on their architecture for <laughs> their the roadmap for years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is more for embedded and server-side stuff that IBM does. Yeah. And Apple, of course, wanted in on that. They're very powerful chips. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people now are trying to decry how slow that the power mm-hmm. G5s are. And, you know, oh, it's about time they went because Pentiums are faster. If you had asked the same people six months ago, of course, they would have been like, oh, Pentiums suck. We love mm-hmm. G5s. So they're just yeah. following the company line. There's nothing wrong with the G5 chip. Unfortunately, they're simply too hot for portables. They're right. simply too hot. And and I don't know if IBM will ever be able to cure that. And Apple sells so many portables, and really that's their... their when you look at the iMac, that's mm-hmm. almost a portable at this point. It's so thin, it's almost a portable. Yeah. It just doesn't have a battery that you can slap on it and take it with you. If mm-hmm. it did, it would be a tablet Mac, I guess. Yeah, but, Pretty big you know, one. But. When you harken back to the days of the old... Mac Classic with the Mac backpacks they used to have. Yes. Where you, could, you know, and that was considered, well, look at how portable it is. Mac backpack <laughs> and throw a big fat battery on the bottom and you can use it out in the quad of the school, you yeah, know? But, you know, the G5s are simply too hot for a portable device. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I, I think agree. more than anything, that's why Apple went with uh, Intel. Yeah. With their whole Centrino, Centrino line there. I've held a, a PC laptop that ran three times the clock speed. Well, not quite three times. But over two times the clock speed of my PowerBook, which is one gigahertz G4, mm-hmm. and it wasn't hardly warm at all. Yeah. Whereas my G4, not a G5, or my, my G3 900, same thing, just cooked cooks yeah. in my lap. There, and there's those G5s are just not very good when it comes to power management as far as dissipating the heat. Yeah. And there's only so much Apple could really do to kick that heat out of there and still keep it in PowerBook. Exactly. October nineteenth. Uh, was when that announcement was made. And also, Power Mac G5 Quad and Power Mac G5 Dual. Of course, these are the tower machines. Apple today unveiled this new Power Mac G5 desktop line featuring the Power Mac G5 Quad, providing dual, or I'm sorry, providing quad core processing with two 2.5 gigahertz dual core PowerPC G5 processors. So, you know, that's pretty good. It's got a the uh, real nice NVIDIA Quadro FX forty five hundred uh, mm-hmm. graphic card in it. Um, it's you know, pricing just started at about two grand and and going up. I actually yeah. went in and uh, you know what? Let's do that right now. We're gonna we'll we'll get back to the news in a minute. Let's go to Apple's website right now as we're on. Okay. And let's go a build to order G five and let's see how expensive we can make it. Um, so, <laughs> why? It's because we can. Did you see? And, I, and I'm on the site right now. You're not looking over here. Oh. Um, Rosa Parks tribute yeah. on Apple's.com website. I thought that was nice. Yeah, and she's a Michigan resident. Well, she is not. She, she was, was no. Yeah. yeah. 
well, and she's going to be again. She Rosa Parks will be buried here in uh, in the Detroit area. So, right. let's see. Okay, we're going to go to uh, the Apple Store, and we're going to go Power Mac, and we're going to go with the Quad 2.5 gigahertz, which goes for three thousand two hundred and ninety nine dollars, or as low as seventy six dollars a month. So we're going to select that one, and then we're going to start adding stuff. Okay, it comes with five hundred twelve megabytes of memory. Let's let's kick. Oh, that you got to have at least a gig. Well, no, we're going to kick that up to sixteen gigs. Okay. I didn't know it took that much. Golly. <laughs> well, it's got the dual core chips in it, so yeah, that's true. So we're going to give it sixteen gigabytes of RAM. Hard drive. It comes standard with a two hundred fifty gigabyte serial ATA running at seventy two hundred RPM. Let's bump that up to. We want a five hundred gigabyte serial ATA, but we want two of them. <laughs> <laughs> graphic support it already comes with that uh nvidia geo 466 so now we're gonna yeah we got a terabyte of storage uh we're gonna kick that up to a quadro fx 4500 with 512 megabytes of sd ram mm. so that'd be the graphic card display do we need a display yeah you know a 30 what? Inch. we yeah. need a 30 inch we're going for the top of the line here Excellent. That's and right. you know a second one is probably a good idea do you think we need a, another 30? Yeah, yeah let's go with another heck? 30. Wireless options, yes, we want Bluetooth and the Airport Extreme card. It's only 99 bucks for both. We don't need and, a modem. Well, we don't need a modem, but just in case. Just in case our cable provider goes out, <laughs> I want to be able to plug this into a phone line and, and dial AOL. Why? I don't know. Uh, a fiber card. You know what? Let's go ahead and put the fiber in there. Now, what's a fiber card for? Well, if we're ever in an environment that's running fiber and a huge graphic workstation yeah. that's running like a server farm mm -hmm. where you're doing a lot of 3D processing, yeah. it's a lot faster to go over fiber than it is over Ethernet or Firewire, yeah. so we'll go that route. And the keyboard. Yeah, but let's go with the good one. We want Apple, Apple wireless mouse and keyboard and U.S. English. We don't need the Western Spanish one. Mm -hmm. uh, language, OS, we want the English. Um, do we want the server kit? You know what? Let's go ahead and, and add a server on this, just in case we ever want to turn this into. <laughs> because when the when the when the Pentium Max come out, that's what we're going to want to use. Yeah. So we'll buy a whole new machine then. So the, and just turn and, this into a and we'll turn this one into a site. But we're going to go unlimited clients, even though we're going to have one computer to hook up to the server. We want unlimited, <laughs> just in case. You can never be. Uh, Apple Software Solutions. No. We're going to go with. Uh, let's go with. Hmm. There's iWork. That's already pre-installed. Yeah. Um. Well, it will be. We, well, we don't need iWork. Uh, we don't want Final Cut Express. We don't need Motion. We don't need Logic. Let's go with uh, Final Cut Express HD Plus Motion 2. So, let's see what we got it up to now. Uh, we got it, our computer with all of those options is now $25,126. Oh. That'd be a pretty nice machine, though, That'd I think. That'd be a great machine, but boy, you can get a Hard for cheaper than that. Um, and and now the uh, the Apple a credit wants to say find out how to get your order for only five hundred and fifty four dollars a month. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's my let's, rent. Let's fill I out could the, live uh, in my Mac now. Let, let's fill out the uh, credit application. Your name is Chris Seabold. <laughs> Cosigner Guy Searle. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's the the best Mac you can get right now tricked out with all the options at least from the apple store twenty five thousand one hundred and twenty six dollars wow that'd be a 
That'd be a nice little machine. We could definitely record some podcasts on that sucker. Yeah, but think of the desk you'd have to have just for the dual 30-inch displays. Well, I was just thinking about, you know, hanging them from the ceiling. Well, you could probably put one on the desktop and then have the other, like, for a TV on the wall or something and get yourself a card. Yeah. So I, card, I, so I doubt if uh, anybody listening to this show will ever spend that much money. Or, uh, I, let me let me rephrase that. I bet anybody who would spend that much money would never listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't insult our listeners. <laughs> uh, Apple introduces Aperture. Oh, it's your turn to read the news. I'll take it. Apple introduces Aperture production tool. This is October 19th as well. Apple today introduced Aperture, which it says is the first all-in-one post-production tool that provides everything photographers need after the shoot. Aperture offers an advanced and incredibly fast raw workflow that makes working with the camera's raw images as easy as JPEG. It's built from the ground up for pros. Aperture features powerful compare and select tools, non-destructive image processing, color managed printing, and custom web and book publishing. It should be available in November for around five hundred bucks. But it, it sure sounds a whole lot like a, a Photoshop competitor to me. Yeah, at that price too. Um, and they and wow, yeah, I don't know. I you know until I actually see the the program. And have an opportunity to play with it. Mm-hmm. I, what else can I say? Yeah, it, it seems quite expensive, but of course this is not an entry level type of program either. This is for professional photographers to work with huge raw files. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I, I I I'm very curious to find out why anybody who already owns Photoshop, because you can work with raw fo- files in Photoshop. Yeah, uh, at least CS2, and I believe CS1 as well. Um, why anybody would want to spend 500 bucks for this if you already own Photoshop. And chances are, if you're a professional photographer, you already own Photoshop. And if you're not a professional photographer, usually the tools in iPhoto will work fine for you. So, Yeah, if you're not a professional, sure. Yeah. Um, boy, I don't know. That's that's. I'd like to see where the, what the niche market for this program is. I'd, you, I, I, the way you're talking, you don't think there is one. Um, no, I don't want to say that. I'm sure Apple wouldn't release a program like this unless they know for a fact. I think what's going on is a lot of photographers are looking to upgrade their Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are still running like Photoshop 8, Photoshop 9. They're looking at CS2 that just came out what, a mm-hmm. couple months ago. And I think Apple's just basically trying to step in and say, here's another solution. Why don't you give this a look? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It, it could be... I, I don't know why Apple would necessarily want to step on Adobe's shoes or toes with a pro image editing. Yeah. But maybe this is really just for a, a raw workflow. Because that's really what it talks about the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I need to do a little bit more reading up on this, and I'd like to get my hands on a copy. Um, so if anybody from Apple is listening and you want a review... Actually, <laughs> I, I could do the review. I'm I'm good enough with uh, image editing to to be able to give a good accurate mm-hmm. review. But uh, I don't have a camera that really does anything with RAW. At least not at the at the specs that this program would. Yeah. I mean, my camera didn't cost five hundred bucks. Neither did mine. Huh? Apple launches iStore or iStore iTunes Music Store in Australia. This is from October twenty fifth. Uh, Apple Today launches iTunes Music Store in Australia, providing Australian music fans the same features, pricing, and integration with the iPod that the other music stores featuring uh, features. The iStore Music Store 
The iTunes. I keep seeing the iStore. Yeah. I'm a retard. <laughs> I'm stupid. That's because you were on the Apple Store. Yeah, I'm just all messed up. Uh, pricing is, has been set at Australian dollar one sixty nine per song, three thirty nine per video, and most elms are sixteen ninety nine. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but I guess that's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I know we have a lot of uh, listeners from down under, so if I wonder if they like being called down under. Why are they down under? Why is north? They're below the equator. Yeah. What? Well, well, how do? What do you mean below? Why do we assume that north is up and south is down? Why do we assume that? Why can't south be up and north be down? Think about it. It's just a, a direction on a compass, and this mm-hmm. planet is round, right? This right. is a round planet. So yeah. who are we to say what is up and what's... Maybe we're down under, and Australia is up above. Think about it. It's, it I know it's kind of weird to wrap your head around that, but who? why do we call it down under? This preconceived idea that... South is down, is under, and north is up and above. The <laughs> North Pole is up there, and the South Pole is down there. You know, why do we do that? I, I see. I'm I'm stumping you, aren't I? And this isn't even yeah, five. This is even five questions for Chad, which I do, by the way, have another one ready to go. <laughs> oh, great. We're not going to do it today. Chris Chris Siebold supplied one of the questions. Oh, brilliant! I can't wait for that. Okay, that I, that one I can't answer for you. I yeah. just this it, it's something to to think about. Mm-hmm. And did you know most uh, maps are incorrect? If they actually made the countries as, uh, the actual size, um, the map would look totally different. I saw that on the West Wing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, so congratulations to Australia. You finally get an iTunes. What what took them so long to get the iTunes Music Store in Australia? Australia is a huge mecca for Mac users. Seriously, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that live in Australia that who who use Macs. Well, that's why I know a lot of people. I, yeah. I wouldn't know anybody in Australia if it wasn't for, for MyMac.com. Mm. But I get a lot of email from people in Australia. In fact, one of our writers, Carmo Glover, yeah. is from Australia. She lives yeah. there. Um, who I talked to on the phone a couple months back. It was great. Yeah. I could. I would just... I, I can never visit Australia. I'm a married man. Yeah. And, and just the, the sound of Australian women, the way they talk with that <laughs> accent. I would never come home. I'd be down there forever. Um, so I don't know, you know, it just seemed to take a whole, I'm sure it's got to be some kind of legal, legal with the whole music industry. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead and read the next one. October 24th, Digigami ships movie to go converter for iPod video. Digigami today announced it is shipping movie to go, a simple batch process- processing application for converting QuickTime movies into iPod friendly 320 by 240 H264 movie files. Breathe, Chad. Yes. The software is available as a free download from the Digigami website, making it easy to convert a collection of QuickTime movies to go with the new iPods. It requires uh, QuickTime 7.0.3 or later and iTunes 6. So it's a good way to, I mean, because let's be honest, unless you're a big music video fan, it's pretty anemic on the iTunes music store as far as videos. That's going to change, obviously. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know if they're actually going to ever have... I don't want to say that. I'm pretty sure they will eventually have full-length movies. Um, but obviously, there's only like, what, five or six television shows on there now? Yeah. People want video to play on these new video iPods, and as well as their iTunes. And um, like I said, we're going to post a video link with this show, so we'll be providing a little video. 
think it's going to be cool to see some of the some of the content that actually is going to get developed for that. I mean, if you look at some of the work that you know, like the Star Wars and Star Trek fanboys have done. Well, I don't know how much of that you're going to see up there. That's that's well, kind of a legal thing. But I, well, I'm, I'm not saying that up there, but I'm saying you could have that quality of material up there. Yeah, you know, if people, if so. you've got uh, a lot of videos that you think people would like to watch, instead of trying to uh, chop it down and, and make it smaller. Um, here's here's a great application. For, it looks like movie to go from D I D I G I G A M I. Did you got me? Did But I wanted to say it so people understand yeah. how to. Um, and uh, iPad friendly, three twenty by two forty H two sixty four movies. So go download it and convert your files and upload them to the. Uh, well, your iPod video. Yeah, or video iPod. iTunes. It'll play right in iTunes, too. Yep. Uh, Jobs makes Time Magazine's cover again. Apple CEO Steve Jobs has made Time Magazine's cover again. How Apple does it looks at the company's recent success. Blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. We both read that. Yeah. This is a good article. Um, and, of course, we, we don't just rely on uh, one website to get out of our Mac news. We kind of mm-hmm. we look around a little bit. And uh, I found this from... Mac Central, Apple hit with iPod Nano class action lawsuit. <sighs> Can you believe it? It's it's amazing to me that anybody would think... Go ahead and read the... the... All right. Uh, a class action lawsuit has been launched against Apple Computer, claiming the company's recent release, diminutive iPod Nano, scratches too easily. Well, how do you define that, anyways? But the lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court in San Jose, California, seeks to represent up to 125,000 iPod owners, the law firm that launched the case said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, no, never mind. The suit claims that iPod Nano is defectively designed, allowing the screen to quickly become scratched with normal use. The suit also claims that the ex- excessive rapid wear renders the device unusable. Okay, this is just, we and we've talked about this in past podcasts, <clears throat> this is a law firm seeking to make an easy buck. Yep. That's all this is. This will probably never go to trial. Mm-hmm. They're just hoping that Apple will come out and just, you know, settle real quick. Um, and even if they did represent 125,000 iPod owners, which I doubt they ever will, mm-hmm. but even if they did, the most each one of those would probably get like a gift certificate for a free song on the Apple Music Store. Yeah. And the vast 99% majority of the money would go to this law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the iPod Nano scratches too easily. Says who? Yeah. And and how do you define that? Is it if you have a pocket full of change or your keys are in your pocket and you stick your Nano in there, you mean to tell me a little piece of plastic and, and brushed metal on it is going to scratch? <gasps> Who would have thunk? <laughs> I never would have thought that would happen. Oh, I know. It's amazing. You know what I mean? This little thing that's the size of a pack of Trident gum is going to scratch really easy. I who? It's plastic. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea plastic would scratch like that. Did you, Chad? Had no idea. Oh, no clue. I mean, I've got my, what is that, the 40 gig regular iPod, mm-hmm. fourth generation. It's not the color screen. It's a regular iPod. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, it's it's got some scratches on there. You know, I've got scratches on mine, and I've got scratches on the back, and you know, all I ever do is... You know, put it in my the little glove compartment box between my two seats when I'm not using it in my car. Yeah. Well, I carry it around the house in my pocket. It's but... it's plastic. It, yeah. It's, it's metal. Both of those things are are very susceptible to scratching. Scratching. 
I mean, that's why there's such a huge market out there for iPod cases, iPod yep. sleeves, iPod, you know, all kinds of iPod gear mm-hmm. uh, designed to keep it so it doesn't scratch up because it's plastic. But it's, the fact is, even if it does scratch up, it still works, and that's what you buy it for because it's durable. Well, I would like to, to know what the definition is of the iPod Nano scratches too easily. How many kilopascals does it take to actually scratch a Nano? Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. It. I. I'm just kind of. This kind of is off-putting to me, that yeah. they would come out and try to sue Apple, for something like this. If 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 I had read reports that this was happening to every single iPod Nano owner, that you know, as soon as they open it and a molecule of air hits it and scratches, that would be maybe one thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a. a Oh, anyways. Unsuccessful law firm chasing successful company. Yeah. yeah. So that's all the news that we're going to report on today. We do have a uh, Macromedia contest for this week. Uh, of course, this is podcast number 50, and uh, we've got... Um, what do we got? Well, we got Not Mac News. We, got, we do have some... Uh, well, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Let's... let's uh, geez. Yeah, we, we need to... Uh, we used to have a writer. He didn't... He didn't write with us for very long. Um, his name was Derek Miller. Mm-hmm. And he did a couple... This was back in the day when when it was MyMac Magazine. It wasn't uh-huh. just MyMac.com. We had MyMac.com. We posted mm-hmm. each issue of our digital magazine online. But we also had a time it was called Web Only Content, which was like, ooh, this is stuff that you can't get in the magazine. It's only on the internet. Yeah. Um, and Derek Miller actually uh, wrote quite a bit for us. Uh I can't remember everything that he wrote, but he wrote for us for a couple of years, maybe a year mm-hmm. and a half, two years tops, and it wasn't a whole lot, but it was enough, and he was a good writer, mm-hmm. and uh, I hadn't heard from him for, oh, geez, five years. I yeah. mean, he just kind of fell off the map. That happens, you know. Right. And uh, I'm browsing around one day, and I see that Adam Curry has a new um, podcast posted. Yeah. So I download it, I'm listening to it, and... Um, of course, I can't listen to it around the kids because there's a lot of profanity and yeah. some content is just not suitable for kids. And uh, I, and as I'm listening, boom, there's Derek Miller talking. He's got his own podcast, and it's a music podcast, and it's original music that he does. Cool. So I found him online, and I sent him an email. I was like, dude, send us a, a promo. Mm-hmm. I liked, I'd be happy to play a promo from mm-hmm. you. So he sent us a promo. Hi, I'm Derek Miller from the Pen Machine Podcast, and I've got something for you over at podcast.penmachine.com free pod safe instrumental rock tunes you can download them subscribe to the podcast and get a new one every couple weeks and they're totally free pod safe you can remix them you can do whatever you want lots of podcasters like them adam curry's played them it conversations canada cbc south china morning news scene zine f1 podcast more than 40 podcasts actually Maybe yours too. And you know what? I've decided to put the songs together in an album. You know, an actual CD. To make it a bonus, I'm going to add a data DVD that's got all the garage band files and original audio material and stuff, plus pre ripped versions in MP3, WMA, AAC, Ogvorbis, whatever I can get my hands on. I'll be selling it independently. It'll be a good price. It'll have nice artwork. I think you'll like it. Even if not, you can go over and get the songs right now, and you'll like them anyway for free. 
So go to podcast.penmachine.com or search for Pen Machine in the iTunes podcast directory at Podcast Alley on the Podsafe Music Network. I'm all over the place. Go do it and get rocking. Right on. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siegel. By now, users have had plenty of chances to sample the video features of the iTunes Music Store. The general reaction is that a few thousand music videos, four TV shows, and a smattering of Pixar shorts just isn't enough. Through secret internal memos, Not Mac News has learned that Apple is desperately trying to rectify the situation. The plan currently revolves around Apple buying the rights to cancel television shows. Right now, negotiations are underway to acquire Manimal and Coprock. Rumors surfaced this week that the next iteration of OS X, called Leopard, will feature a finder based heavily on Spotlight technology, the technology that first debuted in Tiger. Not Mac News was privy to the meetings and can confirm the new finder will be Spotlight based. The decision wasn't a slam dunk because Apple execs were also considering making OS X more iPod-like and having a finder based on the iPod's shuffle technology. Sure, you couldn't actually choose the application you wanted to use, but hey, give chance a chance and all. For my Mac podcast number 50, I'm just happy to be here. installed. I backed up the data. I think I have these cables plugged in right, but it still won't work. If you spend more time managing your computer than you do running your business, maybe it's time to switch. Whether you're designing buildings or running a daycare, Apple Business Solutions from Small Dog Electronics can help you better manage, market, and mobilize your business. And they're more compatible than you might think. Check out the PowerBook Business to Go bundle for just $18.49, including wireless networking and MS Office in Waitsfield and on the web at smalldog.com. Small Dog is small business. Listening to the Dashboard Minute exclusively on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Guy Searle, and this is the Dashboard Minute. I've missed the last two weeks, and I didn't want to miss another one, especially since this is show 50. So I have three widgets to tell you about to try and make up for actually having to work for a living. Tim and Chad have talked about this site in the past, and it's a great source for some free and nearly free software. The site is called Mac Freeware and can be found at, shocker ending, MacFreeware.com. They now have a widget that will update you on all the latest available uploads without having to check the site on a regular basis. It's the FMW widget, or Free Macware widget, and it's a 148K download. Obviously, you'll need internet connectivity for this one. Find it at freemacware.com and, of course, at Apple's dashboard site. There's a lot of game widgets coming out, and that's good news for me because I can tell my wife I'm actually doing research instead of just screwing around. Uh, um, uh, uh, until I said that, anyway. 
There's another Solitaire widget available from Gandria's software called Mondo Solitaire. This widget plays Klondike, of course, with Golf, Spider, Canfield, and Free Cell. One and two deck games are available as are variants of each game. You can also change the color of the table and the card fronts to suit you. Find this 1.4 meg widget at the Gandrius software site at Gandrius, that's G-A-N-D-R-E-A-S dot com. It's also available from the various dashboard support sites as well. Last but not least is a sports update tool for those who just can't get sports scores fast enough. Best of all, it's from the Fox News Network, so you should just be filled with confidence at its brilliance. Well, or maybe not. Anyway, all this widget does is give you the latest scores around the various leagues as they happen. Hitting the More Scores button brings up the various major sports leagues and you simply select which one you want to view. Included are Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NHL, remember them, NASCAR, golf, soccer, and the NCAA football top 25 Division I games. Now, as, uh, as other leagues start to play, they're supposed to come up as well, but since some of them aren't playing, like the NBA, they, uh, they just weren't there for now, but they'll be there when, uh, when they start playing again. Clicking on any game takes you to the Fox Sports site for more information or analysis of the game. Easy to use, and I guess if I had to find any criticism of the widget, it's that it doesn't allow you to look at the previous day's sports scores. Still a good widget, and it's available from Apple's dashboard download site, along with many other dashboard widget support internet sites. It's only a 77k download, and of course, internet connectivity is required for it to update. If you have any questions or comments about the Dashboard Minute, or if you have a widget you want to bring to my attention, send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. That's it for now. I appreciate your listening, and I hope to be here again next week right here on the Dashboard Minute on the MyMac.com podcast. And hopefully Guy will be here next week, of course. Hopefully uh, we'll be here next week. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of buses out there that you can get hit by. <laughs> uh, of course, Guy's referring to the fact that uh, I didn't give either he or Chris uh, adequate time on the last two shows to get their segments, the yeah. Not Mac News and uh, uh, Dashboard Minute to us in time for the show and that was totally my fault. Once again, thanks go out to smalldog.com. Uh, they are our podcast um, sponsors and and have been for all well almost fifty podcasts not fifty but uh, no I think they came in probably 40? around uh, podcast fifteen twenty somewhere in there yeah. it's we've been doing this for a long time yeah, fifty podcasts mm. uh, and of course it you see a lot of podcasts as podcast number five hundred and forty eight mm. like wait five hundred forty eight unless you did you've done a podcast every day since podcasting really started there's mm-hmm. just no way so i don't know how some people are fudging those numbers but well this if is, you do five minute podcast two two five minute podcasts every day you can maybe be able to get up yeah there, i suppose but yeah the, the sites that are the, the shows that are doing that i think it was an audio show that they were doing before mm-hmm. that you could download in quick time oh and yeah. now they just you know kept putting the me, podcasting kept, and yeah, kept and the numbers. Kept, yeah yeah so that's that's fine but you know a little little truth is mm-hmm. kind of nice as well this is our 50th podcast. 
Uh, of course, Chad and I weren't together for all of them when we first started. It was yeah. just me, and nobody wanted to hear that. So thankfully, <laughs> I suckered Chad into uh, recording them with me. Yep. Uh, we've got a contest to do. Yes, uh, this week we're giving away a copy of Studio 8 from Macromedia. Thank you very much, Macromedia. This is a fantastic program. Go up mm-hmm. to macromedia.com. You can get all the details. Of course, check the show notes for My Mac Podcast number 50 at mymac.com, and you'll find a direct link to Macromedia. Uh, what do they have to do to win Macromedia Studio 8, Chad? Basically, they need to send us an email with their name, address, and telephone number to contest at mymac.com. And in the subject line, put Studio 8. And in the, uh, well, you already said, put their name, address. And phone number so we can phone call number. you. phone number so yeah. I can call you and go, hey, you're the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm really, you know, the thing is I, I usually call during the day. Yeah. And I'm just trying to, like, squeeze it in real quick. On, and it's, it's not the way I really want to do it. So I think next week what we should do, I'll bring the laptop over here with the Phone Connect software, mm-hmm. uh, Phone Valet. Um, maybe we'll try it from here and we'll both call. I think that would be kind of fun. Oh, that would be fun. You, have, you, you don't have a speakerphone, do you? Is that a speakerphone? I don't know if it is or not, to tell you the truth. I don't, is there a speaker button on that? Well, it's got this big... I, uh, yeah, that's an answer machine, though. No, it doesn't look like it's a... No. Yeah, we probably should get a speakerphone. They're pretty dirt cheap nowadays. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, anyways, so uh, send that in to contest at mymac.com, and we will randomly select, thanks to Zelic Software's fabulous Apple script, a random winner. If you just won, i.e. Dave and Dan, you are eligible again. So, I mean, I could we could be calling Dan again next week and going, hey... Not only are you getting, uh, <laughs> here's another program yeah. for you. So, uh, thanks a lot to Macromedia. It's they. There's a lot of stuff going around that Macromedia is going to get bought out by Adobe, and nobody really knows what's going to happen yet. But yeah, uh, want to go over some of our new stuff on the website real quick? Sure. We have a new writer. His name is Bakari Shavanu, and he has. An article, Photo Enthusiasts Give Flickr a Try. It's a great article about the uh, Yahoo service, uh, file sharing pictures, basically. Yep. Uh, photo albums. A lot a lot like what .Mac does. Um, but from what I've seen, it looks like it's got a lot more benefits over .Mac. There's user groups that you can join in there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, uh, Bakari is uh, a new writer. We've actually got another article from him ready to go. We'll probably post that maybe Friday. Mm. Um, he's a really, really fantastic writer, and I'm, I'm is, pleased as yeah. punch to be able to share his writing with the uh, MyMac.com uh, audience. Yep. Uh, we also have an introduction to wireless technology or wireless networking from David Cohen. That is a really, really good article. Yeah, this is part two. If you remember David was David's first article, he talked about networking, gave you networking basics. This one is talking about wireless, and it really is a great article. Yep, and uh, it, it's this new writer week at MyMac.com because uh, posted on October 24th, Maxpiration changed that desktop picture. Another one from Donnie Yankelo. Yep. Uh, And again, we've talked about this in the past. People that's been using a Mac for a long time, they just know how to change a desktop picture. Well, that's not always the case. Uh, A good example is my Aunt Dar. She's Mm -hmm. had a Mac for two, three, four, five years now. And I'll go over there and I'll change her her desktop picture. She's like, how'd you do that? I'm thinking, you don't even know how to change a desktop picture? 
it's because he just never thought to do that before. Yeah. So there's a lot of, of new Mac users out there, and mm-hmm. uh, Donnie and uh, David Cohen are, are really writing some good stuff for, for new Mac users and the the Mac user who's been around for a while but maybe just you know does what they're supposed to do on their computer. Maybe all they do is get on it and play games. Maybe mm-hmm. all they do it is for Internet and email or whatever they do yeah. with it there's a lot more you can do with it and it's always good to learn more about the technology that you use and take for granted every day yep. such as the introdu- introduction to wireless networking um todd long has a uh, blog posted but oh yeah there it is oh look oh, at that beautiful wow stuff. more todd long photos Whew, todd long i love it when he look at that picture right there mm-hmm. that's just gorgeous he he should be a photographer i'm sorry Maybe uh, maybe this is what Aperture would would do. Someone like uh, Todd could really get some benefit from that application. But but just by looking at these pictures, I don't know how much of an improvement he could make in these pictures. It's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely check out that Appalachian views from Todd Long on the blog side. Yep. Uh, Bakari, I gave him uh, blog access, so he's posted his first blog, and it's Apple's tribute to Rosa Parks. We talked about that. Yep. Uh, John Nemirovsky has a blog, so does Roger Bourne. That was a good one, the iPod OS over the OS X. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, and it's kind of what Chris was talking about in his Not Mac News side. <laughs> I, I kind of like that right there. Um, I do have a few emails from people asking, wait a minute, when I post to your site now, it, uh, it it's posting my uh, IP address. What's yeah. going on with that? It'll only do that if you post anonymously. <laughs> if you sign into the site, it won't post that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that for a reason, and and the reason being we've had some people coming into the site using profanity. Mm-hmm. Um, some people we've asked to go away, refused coming in and harassing um, not just our writers but other uh, posters. other posters as yeah. well. And we had to take steps to try to curb some of that. And the way to do that is we basically block someone's URL from getting to the site. In fact, uh, there's a few people that if they come to the site now, we we block their their IP address, they'll actually get a, a special page that says, we don't want you here <laughs> with their name because we know who this person is. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that it has to come to that. And we may take it away uh, if things tend to pick up a little bit and, mm-hmm. and we get some of those posters gone and they stop messing with us. But, uh, and I hate to do it. And I, and I don't necessarily want to make it so you have to register to post. Mm-hmm. I like anonymous posting because so, a lot of people just don't want to sign in and every single time they want right. to. So this is kind of a, yes, it's a little rude to be able to show people's IP address in a post, but um, I think it keeps people... Honest? A li- well, not just honest, but maybe polite. Civil. And civil. I yeah. think civil is the, the, the word I was looking for. Uh, don't just come in and, you know telling someone f you and f this and you know you're full of f and yeah. you know you know it, just let's be a little more polite let's mm-hmm. be civil and so far it's working yeah. <laughs> we and we have blocked a few people already so there you go yep um let's do some uh what do we got going here we reader feedback some, reader feedback or listener feedback actually. listener feedback Re- reader feedback um remember last week we were talking about shipping to the united kingdom yep we had a uh, response to that, and that was from Liam. You want to read that? Can you read it from there? Sure. <clears throat> I thought I, I and, and I really wish this would have been from Liam Young. I I wish this was an audio file, but 
nonetheless. I, I'd love to have heard this in his own voice, so mm-hmm. we'll hear it in Chad's voice instead. Can you do the English accent? Not well. I, they would, I, it'd be insulting no, you'd be if insulting. I did it. Yeah. Well, you can't really do our own accent very well. that's me. I'm sorry. I can't even do my own accent very good. <laughs> I insult myself all the time. Yeah. Hey, Tim, just commenting on the delivery to the, to the UK. After weeks of deciding I wanted a new laptop I, and deciding I'd risk buying a Mac, I called him up here, and they were very nice and were very helpful in offering me advice. I purchased an iBook G4 around March this year with upgrade of RAM, 768 megabytes. Good call. And extras including the Apple Pre- Protection Plan and backpack and more. Total cost about 1,800 pounds, which is about $3,000. The problem came a week after when I was wondering where my laptop was, so I called them up and they confirmed my tracking number. I logged onto the website and typed it in to find that it was in Japan. It has a list of stages where my Mac was going to. It included about eight stages, and it was still being processed in Apple Center, Japan. Another week later, I checked where it was, and it was only on the third stage being shipped to Holland, but it wasn't there yet. It had a, no- it had a note next to stage three with bank holiday, no deliveries, and that was seriously annoying. About three days later, I checked again, wondering if it was closer. It was still in Japan awaiting shipment to Holland and had a note next to it saying backlogged item. I called up Apple and complained. They said to me, because you wanted the extra RAM, we don't do that for customers from the UK and Japan. I was seriously annoyed with this, but there wasn't much else I could do. Anyway, to skip the long process, I arrived home sometime in June and found a note through my letterbox saying that the item couldn't be delivered because I wasn't in. I was very annoyed because this company didn't have an office anywhere near where I lived. It was about 100 miles away. I called them up, and they estimated redelivery would be up to five working days. You can imagine how annoyed I was with it at this point. They said there was another option, and it would cost about 50, to 50 pounds to get next day 24-hour delivery. I opted for I opted in for this because it, it was so, I was so desperate to get the item. I had taken so it had taken so long to decide to get, and which cost me so much money. Anyway, the next day the door knocked and it was there. The total delivery from Apple computers for a laptop with extra RAM, a backpack, printer, camera, and some extras was around two months. I'd lost the love for the laptop that, that by that point because I feared it would never come. Anyways, just thought you could read this out. Wow. Two months to get a, a laptop delivery is unacceptable. Oh, absolutely. And I don't care who the company is. Uh, and thank you very much, Liam, for sharing that with us. I would have been furious. Yeah. Um, after 30 days, I think I probably would have canceled my order. I'm serious. I, I, there, I don't care how good uh, a product may be. If I have mm-hmm. to wait two months to get it, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... I, when you can get on a plane, fly to the United States, walk into a store like TechServe, who, mm-hmm. by the way, is the sponsor for our... Um, MacMod, MacMod mm-hmm. which we'll get into that later. If not the show, then in the next show. Yeah. Um, you could buy it. You could buy extra RAM, pop it in. You could buy a backpack. You could buy the Apple Care, put it in a bag, walk back to the plane, and fly home. Yep. Two months. That's just, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like there's something is broke in that supply chain. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. And, uh, Boy, I hope Apple gets that straightened out soon. Oh, it seems awful convoluted to go through that many stops, you know. <clears throat> wow. Um, la, 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 la. Yeah, we could talk about this. Um, yeah, I don't know where to start here with this one, though. This is... Well, Chad, let's just talk about what's going on. Yeah, Chad and I have been talking about doing the podcast from uh, a location uh, live. 
as it were. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. when people are listening to it, it's not live at that. Well, it's live from their hard drive. Let's put it yeah. that way. But it's not. They're not sitting there and listening to us as we're actually recording the show. But we wanted to go somewhere where we'd have a little bit of uh, audience participation. We can mm-hmm. take questions. We can interview people. We can just have a good time. You Absolutely. Know, it'd, be, yep. it'd be a lot of fun. And um, there's a couple different places that we were looking at. Um, I can't talk about one of those places yet because the plans are simply uh, they're being made. But uh, this certain company has to get permission from their corporate office. And uh, so even though the local store of this business, mm-hmm. <laughs> most people are going, oh, we know what you're talking about. Uh, they want to do it. They think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, they can't commit to it until they get permission from their corporate office. And that's basically, we're waiting for that permission. We're really hoping to be able to make the announcement on this show. Didn't happen. So maybe by the next show we'll have a definite yes or no. Yeah. If we have a no, then we're not even going to talk about it after no. that point. No. But if we get a yes, we'll make the big announcement and the mm-hmm. dates and it'll be a good time. Yep. Um, but we also talked about going up to the Detroit Mac user group, and I did email them with that proposal. Uh, they seem to be uh, very receptive to it, and they like Good. to get some more information. And I saw I sent them some more information. The main guy up there is on a business trip, so that's not firmed up yet. But that looks like that is going to happen, and it will hmm. probably happen. We'll probably be recording in either probably January or February. We're going to go to Detroit, yeah. and we'll do a podcast from their their uh, Mac user group there. So I don't know if it'll be, that will be their presentation, us doing the podcast. I don't think so, but it could be. Or it could be we'll do the podcast immediately following their main meeting and mm-hmm. bring people in and have a good time, yeah. have some stuff to give away. And mm-hmm. um, But uh, one of our contest winners, do you remember the, what was the external hard drive for the Mac Mini? And I'm just drawing a blank. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, I know what you're it's from Mac too. Sales. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. You're going to cheat and go on our site. and I did a review of it, too, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, boy, that's annoying when you know for a fact that you you wrote there. Oh. And, and I apologize because this is a great product, and I should definitely remember the name of it. The problem, quite honestly, is I do so much, um, so many reviews and that sort of thing, that things kind of fall through the cracks sometimes, and I don't. I'm just rambling trying to look up the information. <laughs> Do you see it? I can't not see it. Yet. Uh, well, maybe I didn't do it. Did I not do the review? No, you did do the review, and I cannot remember what it was called now. Okay, well, I'm here on my own archive page, and I'm not finding. There's snap, Scan Snap. That wasn't it. Uh, Mac users supporting Katrina victims. Uh, Alchemy TV DVR. Oh, it was before that. Yeah, Griffin. Uh, Rocket FM iPad, iPort, Ronnie Lane, MacMod, SkinTight. Boy, I don't know. I'm not seeing it on here. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I could have swore I wrote the review of this thing. Maybe I never wrote the review. Did I not write this review? No, I'm not it. I know you did because we had talked about the review. And I don't remember what I it was now. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, let's get back to the topic, though. Uh, the winner was Rick Stringer. And he was from Traverse City, mm-hmm. Michigan, which is about, what, three and a half hours from here? Yeah, about that. Um, and, and Rick said, uh, uh, he, he heard me mention on Podcast 49 that the Detroit user group is the closest to you. There are others, and he gave me a list, and he says, uh, here in Traverse City is the Cherry Mug, 
which is at cherrymug.com, and he's the founder and president of the club. So it's a Mac user group right up there in Traverse City. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he told us when they meet and, and that sort of stuff, and we thought, hmm. And he says, you know, maybe you guys could come up here. And I think it's a good idea. I, th- I would absolutely love to go up there. So uh, I, emailed, yeah. I emailed him back and uh, find out what Rick says, but looks like we're going to be taking a trip. It's probably going to be on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have a, I don't know if it's going to be in... November or December, but it probably would be within the next two months. Yeah, and once we get more firm details, we'll we'll make the announcement here on the show. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, w- when we go to these places, people will show up. Uh, we'll bring our Mac mod with us, the iAtari Mac, so people can see yeah. that in person. And uh, we'll record a podcast and have you guys on the show, and it'll be a fun time. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's we're not doing it to, uh, you know, we're not going to make any money going to these places. In fact, it's going to cost us money. Yeah, yeah, but it's still going to be fun to go out and actually visit other it's, Mac It's going to be the interaction, interaction, to sit down with yeah. some people and talk in Mac. I mean, what's better than that? Yep. Well, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, but, I'm sure you know, there's a lot better than things that. Things that we're not fun. going to talk about yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> there are other podcasts you can listen to for that. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Scott Hicks sent me an email. And, uh, wait, is this it? Yeah, Okay. And he writes, uh, I'm contacting you because I understand you offer uh, usable, straightforward information from suits to nuts on podcasting, how to do it, hardware and software required. And uh, he basically wants to know how we do our podcast so you know mm-hmm. he can do his own. He's using a Power Mac uh, G4, although I think that's a 6.4, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's G4. Uh, 867 megahertz with 1.2 gigabytes of RAM and is uh, running Tiger 10.4.2. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pretty Mac uh, illiterate, uh, not the wisest, but I can operate my system pretty competently. I've been using Mac since 90. Um, what do you need to record a podcast? We uh, would just explain how we're doing it now, which isn't obviously the way we're going to be doing it in the future. We're going to be upgrading some equipment. Or even talk about how we did it when we started, because when we started, all we had was a USB mic. Yeah. And when uh, when, when we band. first started recording the podcast, we would obviously record it in GarageBand, and we still are. <clears throat> we eventually will probably move away from GarageBand and go to um, a, more of a professional-level program. Mm-hmm. We're also going to bring a mix board in so we can get much better sound quality, because I'm still not... Uh, completely satisfied with the sound quality of our show. I mean, when I listen to our show and then I listen to something like Daily Source Code with Adam Curry, Mm -hmm. the sound quality is night and day. Yeah. However, our sound quality now is night and day compared to what it was back when we were using a cheap USB microphone. Mm -hmm. So, um, to start, we we initially had a USB microphone and it was the... It was a Logitech Mm -hmm. um, desktop microphone i'll just put it that way if you go to logitech site look under usb microphones you'll find it uh the sound quality not so much it it wasn't the greatest it worked it was cheap i think you could pick one up for less than 50 bucks i think they're less than 30 bucks now and we simply plug that into the macintosh go to our um excuse me well first before you go to graduate go to your preferences go to your system preferences and then you go under sound and then you go under input and you select the input for your microphone. Yep. And it should be listed right there. Uh, then we go into GarageBand, start a new session after we get rid of the grand piano and turn mm-hmm. off metronome and uh, get rid of that stupid looking keyboard that pops up every single time you start yeah. a new garage. I don't know why they make, why is there always grand piano? Why is that stupid, useless little piano thing, why is that always there every time you start a new session? 
I think it's just because... It's useless. Stop doing that to me. Or at least give me the option <laughs> of turning it off. I hate that. I'm not going to use that. St- what? It's a little on-screen piano. How useful is that? I mean, really. Well, on. you can't even play a chord on it. That's the problem. You only plink one key at a time. Plink, plink. I guess it would be good if you want to try to set your tone. Yeah. La, la, la. Ding, ding, ding. La, la, la. I guess it would be good for that. Wouldn't it? Or if you had a really young kid who just, you know... Uh, I can bring plink, up the keyboard plink, plink. while we're actually recording this, can I? Don't. No, it's not letting me do anything. No. We don't have the keyboard sound selected as the input. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. True. Um, so what we did was uh, we got GarageBand running, started a new session. Um, we just made it vocals with no effects. Mm-hmm. It saw what our input was, and if it doesn't, you got to go into Preferences in GarageBand and select the same input as you did in your system preference file, which should be the name of the microphone that you're using via USB. Real simple, no problem mm-hmm. at all. If you can't afford that route and you have a PowerBook, PowerBooks actually have a microphone built right in. You can simply use that in GarageBand and record yeah. your podcast that way. And again, the sound quality is going to vary depending on the quality of your input. And you really do want to run a couple sound tests because you, you have no idea how loud you're going to need to speak until you actually record your voice and listen to it. And then like once that. it's recorded and you've got it, um, there are some equalizer settings that you could yep. adjust within GarageBand, which is basically double-clicking on the sound, and it brings it up and, you know, select, I don't know, uh, hi-fi or... Yep. Um, vocal presence, or there's a lot of different ones that you can use. In fact, you can really change your voice. You can add echo effects, mm-hmm. reverb, uh, all kinds of different effects. We to, find that we found in the past that add brightness actually works. Yeah, we, pretty we well. use add brightness. Although we haven't been using that lately. No, yeah, you know, it was providing too many tss, tss, tss sounds when we were talking. I, I think when we had the old speaker, it was pro- or the old microphone, it helped it, a lot. Yeah, it but did. with the new one, yep, yeah. So. Uh, that's how we used to do it, and that's how we got started. But maybe you want to go a little bit more advanced than that. Uh, we do have another method. Let, I, let me, I'm going to jump on to uh, Small Dog and see how much this thing costs. After a refreshing sip of Mountain Dew. <laughs> see how much you're making me work here, Scott? Uh, first, I'm going to go to MyMac.com. I'm going to click the SmallDog.com banner. And the reason I'm going to Small Dog is not because uh, they are our sponsor... I am going here because this is where I purchased. Pre okay, this is where I purchased our equipment. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're using the M Audio Classroom Studio Bundle, and it's going for three hundred dollars on. <clears throat> excuse me, at smalldog.com. This is pretty popular because right now it's got uh, seven to ten days wait. So. They do have uh, them in brand new condition. Works with a um, Mac or a PC. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Apologize for that. Uh, what is the uh, M Audio Classroom Studio Bundle? This is what it comes with. It comes with a mobile USB interface, Ableton Live Delta software, which we don't use, two Nova condenser microphones, um, and that's really the only things that we. That, that we're using. We're using the Nova Class condenser microphone, which is, um, how do you explain what this is? It's it's the, I don't know, a, a professional type of microphone. Yeah, it's a professional mic. Yeah, um, there, of course, there's the mini stack. Ah, you found it, didn't you? Yes, I did. That yeah, the mini stack. Nuts, that so. was driving me nuts as well. Uh, Rick Stringer was the winner of the 
mini mini stack. stack. (laughs) And and actually, when I sent it to him, I actually loaded up with some good stuff, too. No porn, just the other kind of good stuff. Um, I should probably quantify that by saying I don't mean bootleg software. And I I gave him every episode up to that point of our um, show. And then I also gave him um, (coughs) disk images of Mac Mod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're using the um, these nice condenser microphones. They record very well. We've actually stopped using both microphones. We're only using one at this point. And the reason is when we were using two, we had a definite right and a definite left. Yeah. So when Chad and I were talking, you could literally tell who was on what side of the room when you listen to it. And while it, the acoustics was great, and that was more stereo than what we're hearing now, now it's really mono because this is one input. Yeah. Um, it just sounds a lot better this way, I think, because we're both basically on equal footing. Because a lot of the times, Chad has a tendency while we're doing the podcast to lean back in his chair. And instead of being close, he would sound like he was back here a little bit. And then sometimes you would forget and you're talking in this voice and you're far away. And I would be sitting up here going, scoot up, scoot up. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, or I'm pushing my hand up and Chad yeah. would, it would dawn on Chad. He would jerk up real quick and start talking louder. Um well, and the other problem is that we we tried the uh, the two the two mics set up with some different different separations because we thought, well, if we put one closer to Tim and one closer to me, then maybe it'll sound a little better. But yeah. unfortunately, basically, it was a very Tim was in the left channel and Chad, Chad was, was in the, the right. right. Yeah. And if you listen to it on a set of headsets, it sounded like you know you had the devil on one shoulder and you know Tim on the other. So now, <laughs> what the mobile pre USB part of the whole equation of this M Audio setup is is when you have these type of microphones, it's these big plugs, and it has the three plugs inside of those plugs that you plug into the microphone, and then usually you will plug this into an amplifier, Mm -hmm. and that's how you get the sound out of the amplifier. But the amplifier is also supplying what's called phantom power, which is a very little small amount of electricity to the microphone, and that's what powers it, obviously. So you can't plug these microphones directly into your Magatosh. You can't get an XLR uh, adapter to a mini plug and plug it into your Mag which I didn't know when I first, when we were first looking at buying this kind of gear, mm-hmm. um, I almost bought the wrong stuff. And Small Dog, somebody at Small Dog, I think his name was Sean, actually said, you know, you, you have to run phantom power to that microphone. You can't just plug it into your Mac. And I went, <laughs> geez, <laughs> you know, and, and he saved me a lot of aggravation by letting me know that. Yeah. So that was great of Small Dog to go out of their way to let me know exactly mm-hmm. what I should be doing. And um, what I was going to buy initially was more expensive than what I actually got. So they saved me money. They cost themselves money, but they saved me money and aggravation. And that makes me as a customer very happy. Mm -hmm. So obviously I'm going to want to go back. Not just because they're our sponsor. Don't get me wrong. But they really did help me out. Um, So what we do to supply power to to these microphones is the mobile pre-USB. So we take the microphones, uh, at the time two, but now one, and we plug it directly into the mobile pre-USB. Mm-hmm. The mobile pre-USB then goes to a USB slot on the microphone. And that's what gets the power to the USB you, mobile pre. On the computer, pre. on the microphone. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, to the computer. Sorry. <laughs> so so basically we're going from the um, microphone to the mobile pre-USB mm-hmm. and from there to the Mac. Yep. That's all there is to it. And, and again, you have to go to your system preferences. And if I go there right now, click and sound, and it says um, uh, choose a device for sound input, and it says mobile pre, and the port is USB. So yep. it's working. 
and that's exactly what we want. And then, of course, in GarageBand, we set it to the same thing, so it's using this, and uh, that's how we record our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to explain a little bit about the whole time thing in GarageBand? Yeah, the other thing you're going to want to do when you're dealing with GarageBand is you need to set your tempo down to about 40 beats per minute. And that gives you just a god-awful amount of time that you can record your podcast. Because if you leave it at 120 beats per second... Which is the default, that limits you to about 34 minutes of recording. Yeah, and honestly, uh, our podcast is probably a lot longer than it needs to be. (laughs) Especially this one. I mean, right now we're at, what, uh, about... Uh, uh, One hour and ten minutes? Yeah, one hour and twelve minutes. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So that's how we do it. And there's a lot of other options out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Nemirovsky actually last week wrote a real good how to record it using Audio Hijacks Pro. So that's yeah. another way of doing it. Check out the MyMac.com website and look for John Nemirovsky. Um, Chad's looking it up right now to give the credit. Yeah. Uh, Nemo's 10-point tutorial number three. So that's cool. Uh, I also noticed when you were scrolling down, we do still have a listing for uh, Neil Monk's Buying Used Mac ebook. It's only 5 bucks, so head up to the site and uh, pick up a copy of that. And you can pay for it with a credit card or through PayPal, either one. Yep. Uh, what else we got going on? I think that's about it. I mean, I don't want this... I, I, we could go an hour and a half. I mean, the biggest podcasts out there are like... I did want to say one thing, um, and, and I told Chad mm-hmm. about this last week. I, I listened to quite a few other podcasts, but one I never really listened to until about a week ago was This Week in Tech. With Leo Laporte. With yeah. Leo Laporte, and uh, wow, I, I love that show. What a, what a fantastic mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, I, Tim turned me on to it uh, last week, so I listened to their last week's, and I just finished listening to this week's podcast, and really, really a good podcast, and he has some really quality folks on his panel, and it is a panel format that's usually... Four to yeah, five John Dvork is usually on yeah. there, and uh, you know I never really lo- a lot of Mac users hate John Dvork because they always feel that he's kind of attacking Apple and his and his predictions are never mm-hmm. anti or, or, or it seems like anyways always anti Apple. Yeah. And I've written stuff uh, on our uh, at mymac.com slamming him as well. Mm-hmm. But quite honestly, after listening to this week in tech and listening to John Dvork, yeah, he's he's. Kind of the grumpy old man of the of the group, mm-hmm. um, but you know what? He, he's very smart, and I agree with just about everything that he says on the show most of the time. When I'm listening, and he he pops in with something, I'm like, "Wow, John Devork's right." I agree with him, and he's got a great wit too. He, he does. Really is a he's, witty guy. he's such a witty, and and of course, Leela Porce, Leela Bort. He's just mm-hmm. such a big teddy bear, and he, he's very intelligent, but he's such a nice guy, mm-hmm. and he's got such a great radio voice. Obviously, I mean, wow, I know. Um, but nevertheless, it's such a really good show, and and I, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. They're doing something right. And yeah. I wish I wish that was our show. I wish we could do that. Obviously, we're not in San Francisco in the heart of Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. where they are. So all these important tech people are, you know, right there around them, so yeah. they can just invite them over. And, and uh, but you know, that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping that we can do by going on taking this show on the road a little bit. Right. Um, the place where we dare not say its name that we want to uh, do a podcast from. Hopefully, we'll do more than just one. We'll do a couple podcasts from there, not all at the same time, obviously. Right. I've already got a special guest lined up for the first time we go there. Really? Yeah, it's from a... It, I don't want to say a competing website, because the focus of their website is, uh, let's just say, more of a low-end Mac type mm-hmm. of website. 
Sure. And this guy from that website um, you know, has agreed. He's, I guess you could say he's kind of my uh, knight in shining armor uh, yeah. to come out. And he's agreed. And say, yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, I Anybody who really knows the Mac web already knows who I'm talking about. So, mm. But I'm still not going to say. <laughs> but he's agreed to come out and because uh, he lives in the Grand or well wherever the store is. Yeah, in, in, the, in the general vicinity of the store. Yes, right and uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Have you know different Mac users come in and not just you know journalists like uh, this person is or mm-hmm. even uh, the the media type of darlings that you know a lot of other shows have. Yeah. Just average Mac users. Wouldn't it be great to? To get somebody on stage, or, well, I don't know if it's a stage, it's probably at a table, mm-hmm. but get somebody in the front of the microphone that's doing something really interesting with their Mac. Yeah. And to be able to share their experiences with the Mac with a whole bunch of other listeners. Yep. And that's why we want, and we really hope, that some of you out there listening right now will send us your MP3 feedback file. We're looking for stories, mm-hmm. funny stories, maybe sad stories, just, uh, just something that we can share with the, the yep. other listeners out there about your experiences with your Macintosh or maybe your iPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was an Apple II that we're talking about. Maybe, you know, it could be almost anything. Um, I, I didn't have any this week, and I was kind of bummed out. I got a lot of email. Yeah. I didn't get to half the email that I was hoping to today. And, but, yeah. I mean, we're at, you know, almost an hour and 17 minutes, so we probably mm-hmm. need to wrap this up. But Send your MP3 comments to mymacpodcast at gmail.com. A lot of people will ask me uh should I send it to the MyMac or the G? Don't send it to my MyMac.com address. I don't want that mailbox to fill up, but it will quickly. Yeah. I think I get like 20 megs and then, or anything over that craps out. Yeah. Uh, so send that to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, just an MP3 feedback file. Uh, don't worry that if you think, oh, the quality is not going to be that good, I can clean it up some. So mm-hmm. I, I can make it loud enough so other people can hear it. Yep. Um, we can make it sound better. Uh, and if you're worried, oh, I'm going to sound like crap, I don't want to do that. Dude, come on. Just send it in. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to be able to, to play a, uh, a MP3 feedback file from some of our female listeners. Because I know we have them. I get the email. I look mm-hmm. at the names. And uh, we've yet to have uh, MP3 feedback from a female reader. Or, I keep saying reader, see, because I'm coming from the publishing world. Listener. Like, listener. <laughs> it's hard for me to make that transition sometimes. Yeah. So um, send that to mymacpodcast@gmail.com, And I've had a good time tonight. Yeah, I really did, too. Uh, you know, the thing is, Chad and I do this every week. Every week. Well, you don't do it every week. Sometimes you're in camping somewhere. Yeah. You, you camp a lot. What's up with that? I like the outdoors. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, we're at a minute 18. Or a minute. It's our hour. longest podcast for podcast number 50. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just don't feel like stopping at the moment. And it's like, eh, let's go for a little longer. What the hell? Um, You got a... Uh, did you get a new PSP game? Oh. The last one I picked up was Mercury. Mercury? Yeah. What is that? Mercury is a puzzle game. It's uh, basically you got a little blob of mercury, and you have to navigate your way through different mazes, puzzles. Why don't uh, you talk about the Ridge Racer thing? Oh. Rid- well, ri- let's, let's, well, let's preface yeah. this by explaining Ridge Racer on the uh, PSP is the PlayStation Portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chan and I both got one now. Uh, the graphics are unbelievable. It's just beautiful. It's by Namco. It's a part of their whole Ridge Racer series. And basically, when they when this when when the when the program goes to load, it actually pulls up Namco's 
original racing game, which was Rally X. Which was, like, 1982. Yeah. I mean... Like Pac-Man with a car, almost. You ran around and catch little flags and dodge the other red cars that are trying to chase you around. Yeah, it's a very basic game. Anyways, I'm... I'm playing Ridge Racer, and of course, as you as you beat different races, you open up new tracks and you you gain new models of cars. And so, you know, I thought, well, I'm just going to play a little Rally X here. Just, because just and because it. And it, and it, so the new Ridge Racer has on the PSP has that old arcade game built in. Yeah. So you can go play old school. Yeah. Old school rules. So I play the old school, and I get about fifty-eight thousand points on it. And I thought, well, that's, that was fun, you know. And then I go to play my regular game and pick up my race, and then it basically pops up when the the little world tour, you know, summary of what you've done so far pops up. It says you've won the new rally, the Namco Rally X race car. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, cool! I beat Rally X, or I got some some level of points. So playing and, the old school game, I actually unlocked a yeah, new car. Yeah, unlocked a car. And so I thought, well, I'm going to get a little Formula One car, you know, something really cool looking. No, what it has is it has this, you know, this really cool picture of this, you know, this airstrip with this huge plane, cool looking jet. The back end opens up and out pops this little pixelated, this little pixelated <laughs> Rally X car that looks like it's made of giant Lego Duplo bricks, you know. <laughs> so, so it's like 80s graphic video game, 1982 pixelated graphic, full size. On this beautiful bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic, dude. That, you got to show me that before I leave. I yeah, I will. That because I have Ridge Racer 2, but I, I basically gave up on the game because I got Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition. I was playing that forever. And now you've got... Well, before I get to that, I, yeah. I actually got my level A cars, or class mm-hmm. A cars, in, in uh, Midnight Club. I'm still trying to unlock the... Uh, ability to upgrade those cars, but that Midnight Ro- Midnight Club is just a fun game. It's yeah. it's not the easiest. I mean, especially when you start getting up to these Class A cars and you're in Ferraris and stuff. Mm-hmm. Woo! And these things move, and you gotta if you don't make your turn and you turn at the last second, you're like halfway down the block before you can get your car stopped because you are <sighs> doing like two hundred. 250 miles an hour. Yeah. And you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it, it goes so fast that you can actually catch back up to them. But I've been playing that, and then, of course, yesterday, and I mentioned this on last week's podcast, too, uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Liberty Cities came out yesterday on the PSP. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, I'm 35 years old. What years? Yeah, I'm 35 years old. Yeah. I had to think about that for a minute. Whoa. <laughs> That's how old I'm getting. I can't even remember how old I am. Your wife is, too, just in case you forgot. So. She's not 35 years old. I thought you told me she was. No. What? Julie's younger than I am. By a couple years, but that's as far as I'm going because okay. I'm not going to publicly say how old my wife is. I thought she told me she my was bed is comfortable time. and I want to sleep in it again. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll, I'll 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 speculate then. <laughs> <laughs> my 17 uh, year old wife. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, um, no. Um, you know, I, so I'm I'm able to buy and play adult rated games mm-hmm. and and quite honestly um i've been playing grand theft auto since vice city came out so i, I didn't jump in excuse me at the beginning of the, yeah. the whole thing but i came in with vice city and i fell in love with the game um just the expansive that i can do whatever i want it's not necessarily so i can run people over or shoot people there's times that i'll just drive around the city listening to the music on the radio and yeah. it was, it, it, that's still the best on grand theft auto because that game takes place, in, or Grand Theft Auto by City, I should say, because that game takes place in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to, you know, like, um, 
Billy Ocean and, and stuff like that, just yeah. kind of jamming along to that. Um, but what I really like about the new, um, I haven't figured out how to do it yet, but you can put your own MP3s on there on this new game mm-hmm. on the PlayStation Portable, and it will actually play your music. And as I was telling Chad earlier, um, I'm really getting into mashups. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to putting some mashups in there. Yeah. I think that would be really fun to do. Uh, and uh, this is a really cool mashup that I've been listening to. I'll let it play in the background. Everybody, oh, it's copyrighted music. You can't do that. And, of course, do you want to tell who this is? Yeah, this is uh, The Who and The Beastie, the Beastie Boys. Boys. This one's called Frontin' on the Roof. Uh, Frontin' on the Root. And I think you can get it from mashuptown.com. Frontin' on the Root Down. Yep. Frontin' mashup on the Root Down. down. Yeah. Um, so basically what a mashup is, for those who don't know, it's two songs combined to make one song, which... I mean, we've always been doing that on mixtapes and stuff like that. Well, and rappers not, have been taking has been doing sampling for years. Yeah, too. but but this is all being done by people like you and I. Yeah, and people like are listening to this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. I honestly don't. I don't understand how they're pulling just vocals out. Yeah, and and putting these vocals separating in. out the tracks and yeah. I, yeah yeah. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure it's it's can't be too complicated, but and, and they really vary in. Any complexity on some of these things. Some of them actually sound like they just kind of ran two songs over each other and right and and moved a couple lines, shifted, shifted some stuff around. But, but, but this, this is, is great. Yeah. downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.